Rewind with Oshin Langan. Marty puts it in. 2-0. Leicester City are 10 points clear. And they're taking another massive step towards Premier League glory. They're coming again in search of a third. And they've got it. This place is rocking. And it's Eric Lamella. Manchester United look absolutely shell-shocked. Penalty against Connick. Game over for Nova win. Unbelievable finish. Heartbreak for Connick. They're out of the European Challenge Cup. You dream about these days. You dream about doing the things that we did today, holding certain puts and hitting certain shots on holes around Augusta. And we were able to stand there and, and, and hit it and accomplish the dream. This is the Rewind on New Talk. I'm Oshin Langham. This week it's all about mentality as Spieth and McElroy talk about collapse while Ross Common admits stage fright at Crow Park. McElroy, Spieth and the Rossies could earn a lot from Leicester who need only three more wins to claim a first ever Premier League title. Now like Spieth, Connacht came close but were denied in the Challenge Cup quarter-final away to Grenoble. You heard Galway Bay FM's heartbroken commentator Rob Murphy in the intro. Before we hear from Paddy Mulligan on the weekend's football, here is Danny Willett on winning. But first, Spieth and McElroy on losing. It's, it's a tough one. You know, I knew it was the lead was five with um, nine holes to play, and I knew that those two bogeys weren't going to hurt me. But I, I didn't, I didn't take that extra deep breath and, and really focus on my line on twelve. Instead, I went up and I just put a quick swing on it. I was in a great position. Going into the weekend, um, you know, I shot back in the final grip on Saturday and I just didn't play the golf I needed to when it really mattered and that's the thing that I, I take away, not not just from this week but from previous Masters, you know, I've, I've, I've been in position before and I, I haven't got the job done when I needed to and I don't think that's anything to do with my game, I think that's more me mentally and, and trying to deal with the pressure of it. You dream about these days, you dream about doing the things that we did today, holding certain putts and hitting certain shots on holes around Augusta and we were able to stand there and, and, and hit it and accomplish a dream. This is the Rewind on News Talk, there'll be more on the Masters tonight from 7 on Off the Ball and the Golf Weekly Podcast out this Thursday. Now former Chelsea, West Brom, Shamrock Rovers and Ireland fullback Paddy Mulligan joins us as always on a Monday. Uh, Paddy, before we talk to you about uh, Leicester's title parade, Manchester City in the Champions League and also the Electricity League, I want to ask you about Alan Judge, who's been ruled out of Euro 2016. Now, the Brentford playmaker broke his leg in two places at the weekend. Uh, afterwards, he came out with the following statement, the crux of which, this is not the exact wording, it's a condensed version. He says, this is football and these things happen. I will achieve my dream one way or the other. Firstly, he is showing amazing composure and dignity, considering how big a blow this must be and how hard a time he must be going through right now. Sure, yeah, and, and uh, it's, it's not football as far as I'm concerned. It was a, it was a horrible, horrible tackle. It was an over-the-top tackle and, and uh, two-footed and there's absolutely no excuse. And the referee didn't even send the player off. Yellow card. That's, that's, that's quite, it's, it's quite incredible, really. And, and, you know, you feel for Alan Judge. I mean, the, the, the Euros is gone. But, you know, as, as he, he is uh, taking it very much on the chin and there is an awful lot of dignity there. And there's, there's not much. There's not much more that he can he can say about it, I, I, except you know, go and go and accept his his fate at this moment of time. And it, it's 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 horrible for him because it was a really nasty tackle. Every player gets injured. That's part of football. Talk to me about what goes through your head when you get such an injury. I'm not sure if you ever got one that bad, but no, never. Very very lucky. Never never uh, never that bad. Um, had to have have a, have a knee operation. Had my kneecap scraped many moons ago, but that wasn't involved in the tackle. That was just a bit of wear and tear. Um, but I, I would imagine 
that it's got to be horrific that your, your whole career just flashes in front of you and you think that you're gone, you're finished and, and uh, there's no coming back. But there will be because with, with, with modern technology and, 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 and modern surgery that he's, he's going to be fine again, all being well. You've seen a lot of guys come back from injury. You, you know, oh, obviously yes. when you're in football as long as you are, yes. you've seen it. So what's the toughest part for them just from observing it close from what you've seen what's the toughest part for a guy coming back well, from, from injury from day one you've got to be positive as soon as you get that injury and you're in that hospital and it's been diagnosed and you're, in the, you're going to get the best care and you know that it's going to be alright then you've got, to, you've got to start working on it, on it mentally mm. because if you don't work on it mentally if you've got any doubts at all well then you're going to, you're going to you know, uh, go back put yourself back months maybe, maybe a year but he, he should be he should be fine but he's got to be very mentally tough and, and, and very mentally strong and if he's if he's if he's not that, well, then he, he could be in a little bit of trouble. I suspect that he's gonna he's gonna be fine. We saw the picture of him with his uh, two kids on Twitter. Raf, he is taking this as well as he possibly can. Raf, the idol of Team Thirty Three and off the ball, also with us. Um, contract wise, and it seems a bit shallow to talk about contracts, but football is football and business is business, and there's very little difference between the two at times. He was due a big move this summer. I mean, there was talk of him going to the Premier League. So this injury has come at exactly the right wrong time it's the worst time yeah um given given the whole given the situation with the summer but realistically though if he if he's able to come back then maybe and he's back on the field and everything by next summer maybe there's you know those those moves can still uh, remain alive like you don't you know you wouldn't exactly rule it out like you look at Aaron Ramsey as an example of course he didn't leave Arsenal but there was a point I remember after his the tackle he suffered against Stoke in February 2010 where you kind of wonder will he ever Come back to whatever to uh, you know an acceptable level, and he did. He had that one really good season where he was banging in the goals, and he's still one of the well. Okay, maybe Mohamed Mohamed El Nani has come in for Arsenal as a one of the key midfielders, but you kind of feel like he's a first team player, and maybe if you you've switched back five years, you would have had would have had your doubts. And there's plenty of players in that situation as well. So for Judge, you know, all he can do is kind of as Paddy said, work, come back. And uh, then hopefully there's still a move on the cards at the end of it if he does regain his form. Yeah, I hate to be... You're going to be negative, are you? I'm not going to be negative, but it's horrible to talk about a guy losing his position and then, as a fan, immediately thinking who's going to replace him. But again, that's just the nature. That's the way, that's, 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 yeah, that's so, the nature, that's the nature of, the, of, of the game and that's it. And that's yeah. the nature of your, of your career, whether you, whether you like it or not. Yeah. You know, you, you stay in the team for as long as you possibly can. You play as well as you possibly can, yeah. which Alan Judge was doing. And then he gets hit with this horrific injury. Yeah. And there's, there's nothing much you can do about it except he has got to, I can't stress this enough, he has got to remain positive and say, I will be back. And not just, yeah. not just telling himself stories. He's got to believe all of that. And, and, he, and he'll be fine. My point being, it opens the door for Harry Arter and possibly someone else for the Euros. Yes, and I mean, and, and, and that's, what, that's what happens in, in, in football. That, that uh, another man's, one man's loss, another man's gain. And, and maybe Harry Arter will, 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 will eventually make the squad or... A, a, or a another I, I would imagine that the form that Harry Arthur has been in is going to be very very close to getting into that into that squad Yeah he's been injured recently Alan Judge did play out wide for Ireland in, yeah. the, in the recent friendly so that yeah. would suggest that maybe Arthur and Judge weren't in competition Raph. So I would have thought may, I, I had it, a feeling Arthur yeah. was in anyway but, yeah, but, uh, but if it doesn't open up the door for Arthur who might have got in anyway who does it open up the door for? Well, you're looking at a few kind of fringe players Darren Gibson maybe but then he's barely playing games at Everton so you kind of think yeah. Will he get like he was, he was in the left last out squ- of the last squad when he was fit? No, 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 Darren Gibson. Yeah, no, I think it, it, it's. <laughs> I think we can move on from. <laughs> yeah, I think we can move on from that. Yeah, no, there's 
just under just, any circumstances. Yeah, and then we can move on from the conversation, not yeah. move on from Gibson. I'm not ruling out. I'm not counting counting <laughs> him out for the you rest of his career. Like. There's Union O'Kane, of course, as well, who was involved in the last squad, played in the friendlies. Uh, Again, he's another one on the fringes. Like a, he's not a he's not an automatic choice. But when injuries and things like that happen, then players like him kind of move much, move away from the fringes and then closer to the picture. But again, it depends on his form at uh, Bournemouth. Uh, from what I've seen of him, I don't think he's really like he's he's usually in their match day squad. But he's not a he's not a regular starter. So. I, I feel that Harry Art would be the. Yeah, Arthur. I, I always felt Arthur was in anyway, yeah. just uh, and, as one uh, of the central midfielders. They called that position. And yeah, well, O'Kane didn't play at the weekend. But Darren Gibson is a complete waste because he is, is, is he he had he, he had a talent, but he's, he's in my estimation he's he's wasted his talent, and that's the that's the sad part about it. And you're, you're always I'm always concerned anyway when the likes of Fergus and Sir Alex lets players go. You've got to you've got to worry, especially when he was struggling for midfielders at that time at Man United as well, yeah. and he, he allows Darren Gibson go, and you'd have to say, well, Gip, uh, Fergie is seeing him every day of the week training, so he's got to, he's got to know a lot more than than what we what we would know, yep. and he's been he's been proven right. Unfor- yeah, unfortunately, maybe, from yeah. an Irish perspective, and maybe as another bolter, maybe a Chris Forrester moves a little bit closer. I'd, again, he's not he's not really been in the the centre of the picture as of yet, but you kind of think maybe again if his form at Peterborough. Continues to shine. Maybe there's the uh, there's a chance for a late bolter, but again, it's speculation. And Martin O'Neill has not been afraid to surprise us so far. Right, let's talk about the Premier League. Leicester continue their march to the title. They're going to win it. And I don't think I don't think we have to discuss them again because we've said all there is to say. I think everyone has about Leicester. Uh, Manchester United, you could argue the same. I mean, nothing well, has they're changed. They're going to win it as well, are they? Well, yeah, <laughs> nothing's, nothing has changed about Manchester United nothing has right changed, from the start of the season. All the same problems keep yeah. reoccurring, and it was yeah. the same yesterday. And Louis van Gaal came out after the game and said, you know, I don't regret not taking the Tottenham job. Manchester United is still a bigger club. You'd have to say he's accurate there. They're not playing well at the moment. Uh, the journalist who put it to him said, well, you're not playing as well at the moment. They're in a higher position, but fair enough. Um, but Ashley Young was tried in a what forward does, position. What, what, does, what did you make of that? What does what does meaning? What, what does what does um, his his observation of of we're a bigger club? Well, they've more titles, they've more traditions. So what? Bigger financially so what? Means, doesn't mean anything at the, these days because because of of the situation Man United find themselves. Hmm. Man United are an absolute shambles from top to bottom, and it was proven again yesterday. They were hammered by Spurs yesterday. 15 years Spurs haven't beaten them at White Hart Lane and they go and just pulverise them yesterday and gave them, gave them a footballing lesson. Now how Van Hal is still in the job, how Ed Woodward is still in, in his position um, is, be, is absolutely beyond me. How some of the players who are at Man United were bought by Mr Woodward and Van Hal, I, it, it, it just absolutely beggars belief because there's going to have to be a, a complete change of playing personnel, managerial, and upstairs at, at, at Old Trafford as well for them to get back on track. And it's going to take quite a few years for them to get back on track as well. We've, we've all seen what's happened to really top clubs. Look at Leeds United floundering in the, in the championship. Uh, Liverpool haven't won a, 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 a Premier League title uh, in, 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 in what, about 25, 26 years last time they won the league. So, uh, about 1990. Crazy stuff. But, and that's the, that's the way Man United are going, whether, whether Man United fans want to admit it or not. That's just that's just the way that it is, and how how Van Hal can come out with this, this to me anyway, yeah. stupid stuff yesterday was was it's just ridiculous because United were played totally off the park yesterday by by a, by a rampant sports team, and 
it's a sad indictment when, when Man United could go to Spurs and overturn three goal uh, deficits at half time and go and win 5-3 when they can't they, I think they had maybe two shots on target yesterday now Martial of course should have scored and said he hit it straight at Lloris to give them a 1-0 lead but I still think Spurs would have won because they're, they're, they're playing with, with, with a passion and a pride about which has been absent from Spurs for, for years but now they're, they're and they're passing the ball well their movement is good Long, long, may, long may it continue for them. And Raf, I'm seeing reports today that Ibrahimovic might be interested in a move to Manchester United, <laughs> but uh, not if Van Gaal stays. <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, you have a great sense of humour, Do You know that. <laughs> where do you get that stuff from, Raf? Where did you get that stuff from? Ibrahimovic, yeah, 34 years of age. I go upstairs and I take Mario Rules and Stocks reject material from the Today FM breakfast yeah, show. Don't no, be calling himself reject. Yeah, Ibrahim, the talk about Ibrahim, I meant my jokes. <laughs> All right. The talk about Ibrahimovic is he's going to leave PSG. He's already 34. Thir- yeah. Thir- yeah, 34. Yeah. Um, you know, his contract is about to run out of PSG. There's talk he might renew it, but if he does move, I think he's always fancied one or two more years in, the, in England because he's never... Yeah. There he's always been in Italy or France or briefly in Spain. In the top but, leagues, yeah. Yeah, but his um, the top his, leagues, yeah. yeah. He he mightn't last a pace, Raf, in England. Well, you never know. Um, no, I I I I'd nearly put a bet on that. He will. He would not last a pace at at the at the rate of not not that the, not that the Premier League is the be all and end all. Not no. by a long shot, but at the pace that they play at. He could be. He could be found wanting. What are the differences or the similarities? And you can answer me that between the likes of Shevchenko, Falcao, and Ibrahimovic, because they're three huge and big name strikers that I can think of, and two of them have already been tried in the Premier League and they didn't work. One of them looks like he's going. So can he learn lessons from what happened with those two? Ibrahimovic. Say, if it doesn't work for them, it's not going to work for me. Or is he a different kind of player? Ibrahimovic is so egotistical that he wouldn't pay any regard. Was, yeah. He wouldn't even know that Shevchenko was at Chelsea, if if the yeah. truth were known. He doesn't know the history of Falcao. Falcao, unfortunately, was one of the top uh, players in the world three to four years back. But unfortunately, the cruciate ligament damage that, that and, and operations he's had to undergo have 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 left him in in in, in a pretty poor state. Mm. And that's that's the that's the reason for for his demise. That's the one and only reason because. He, he he couldn't become that bad a player having been one of the one of the top players in the world. He's been he's been magnificent. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't touch Ibrahimovic with a barge pole to bring him into the into the Premier League. I'm probably the only one who wouldn't. He's 34 years of age. Uh, he's 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 on a, he's on a, he's on his way out as far as far as I would be concerned. And certainly for the Premier League, the pace of the game there, I don't I don't think he can last it. Look at the Paris Saint Germain. It's a doddle in France. They've won the league with, yeah. with about ten games to go, which is lunacy. And in Italy, they play the game smarter and they play the game at a slower pace. And the Spain can be said of of, of, of the Spanish league as well, um, and and to a great degree the Bundesliga also. But in the Premier League, it's helter skelter for the, the whole the, the whole season. You don't get any easy touches. You know, Norwich are quite capable of going and beating Leicester. Just for just for a minute, uh, uh, the, the likes of, of of Sunderland are quite capable of going and taking care of Man City or Man United on di- on different days. Now they have to have a lot a lot going for them, but at least, at least that's that's there yeah. for them. But no, I, I, I can't see uh, uh, these players are looking like 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 Schweinsteiger at Man United. He came in for his pension, and that's what Ibrahimovic is, is trying to do now. Coming in for the pension, uh, the Premier League are paying huge money, uh, misguided, of course. Uh, as far as I, I'm, I'm concerned, and he's coming in to get the uh, the last remnants of, of a pension, yeah. and away he goes. And no, Raph will not get for a, me. Why didn't he come here? Why didn't he come here when he was in his prime when he's twenty six, twenty seven years of age? Why didn't he come to the Premier League then? I'll ask him if I ever meet. Ask him, him will you? 
Raph, you Paris Saint-Germain taking on Manchester City uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday night in the Champions League second leg. City in a very, very, very good position going into that game. By the way, Raph doesn't agree with me with Ibrahimovic, you know that, don't well, you? Well, the, the, <laughs> the only disagreement I have is it's a free transfer, so it, it, it's the loss is minimal if he does come in, and I would imagine he'd be kind of rotated in with whatever... But what, 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 would, what would he do for the, for the morale in the dressing room? What would he do for the team? That's, well, that's there was a great story. Might uh, you well. might remember Gennaro Gattuso, who uh, used to play for AC yeah. Milan, would have been a teammate of his. Uh, Ibrahimovic pegged him into a bin one time after uh, Gattuso provoked him. Was messing, but uh, Ibrahimovic doesn't take messing, so just picked him up and yeah. threw him into a bin Gattuso in front of all the teammates. Was mouthing at him all yeah. throughout training, and Zlatan yeah. stayed quiet, and then into the bin. Yeah, well, Gattuso was only four foot eight. A tough cookie. So why, why wouldn't he? Tough cookie. No, a tough man. Sorry, Raph, I, I, yeah. I interrupted you in your prime there. That's okay. I was <laughs> no, no, I, I made Paris. my point. <laughs> the Gattuso story was the point. <laughs> I'll ask you about uh, Paris Saint-Germain yeah. and Manchester, Manchester City. Two all, I should say. Not one all going into the second leg. Uh, obviously, we'll get a look at Zlatan Ibrahimovic. There is a possibility that company... I can't wait. Feature. There is a, you stay quiet for a second. There is a possibility that company could feature... For City, and it just him. goes. Well, I was just about yeah. to say it. Just goes to show his importance. The fact that they're willing to kind of essentially risk him and, and, and rush him back. Well, you look at the options they have there. Mangala is a mess. Demichelis is, is. I think he's been completely dropped off the picture after his Manchester, or Manchester derby error and uh, errors. <laughs> errors, yeah. And uh, the other one being Otamendi as well. And Otamendi's the probably the best of a bad lot. But uh, you know, if they're if they're trying to mix and match between those options, you know, they're in a bit of trouble. And even kind of watching the game against Sunderland or not Sunderland, uh, they were playing. Um, sorry, West Brom, West Brom. Yeah. at the weekend. Uh, just that first goal again. Even Joe Hart being kind of culpable because he got caught at his uh, at his near post. It was a good good shot and everything else. And maybe it wasn't the easiest one to save. But you know, they are shaky at the back. And I, to be honest. And with uh, because the company's coming back, maybe there's a greater chance that they will manage to get through tomorrow night. But yeah. there's a part of me that kind of thinks there's still enough defensive clangers in there, and you've got to think about all the talent PSG have up front. Uh, that you know, even away from home, uh, you know, PSG yeah. could do it. And the first leg was was clangor laden from both teams, Paddy. Mm. It well, was like I mean, I couldn't believe I was watching yeah. a Champions League quarter final. That's the only saving grace for Man City that Paris Saint Germain are just as bad as the pack is what Man City are. So it could be another night of goals and, 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 and City City may very well go through go through to a semi final. Um let's talk about company coming back. Only if he's one hundred percent fit should company be risked. I doubt he's one hundred percent fit, so in my estimation he shouldn't be risked. Because remember he went off after seven minutes in in, in one of the games on, on his mm-hmm. return from injury as well. So City don't need that. Now I know they're I know they're very, very poor at the back, but you're hoping from 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 Pellegrini's viewpoint, that the defenders who have so far been found wanting would start producing, just for ninety minutes, if they're capable of doing that. Everybody should be capable of doing that on a once-off, and you're hoping that from City's perspective, you're hoping that they can go and do it. Would you agree with Damien Duff that a lot of players have said, "Well, you know what, I'm going to phone it in for the rest of the season because Pellegrini's off and Guardiola's coming in." Duff would say, and that's what he's noticed, but he's also said that. If that was me, I'd be thinking the best manager of the world is coming in. I really need to up it and impress him. The City players have done this uh, when Mancini was there. Yeah, you might recall when they won the league yeah. under Mancini. Uh, but there was uncertainty then. At least now they yeah, know Guardiola yeah. is coming in. But even with uncertainty, they fell, they fell far short of the standards. Yeah. Now, to me, 
there's a weak group of players there, mentally very, very weak at Man City because they don't have the wherewithal to go and play. They should be, they should be trying to convince Guardiola that, hey, I've got a future here at Manchester City. But it can't all be down to Pellegrini. The players have got to accept an awful lot of responsibility. And as far as I, I can see with City, they're not accepting responsibility. And hence Leicester are so far ahead of them in, in the league. And, and they come in with, they, they come along with abject performance. I mean, Silva is only a shadow of his former self. Aguero is the, is the one shining light who, who's trying to produce all of the time. But he, he can only do so much. Yeah, yeah, Toure decides to play when he wants to play. Toure is gone anyway, yeah. I think. Yeah, but, but right through the season, yeah. right from, right, right from last, last August when the season started. You know, they're just going through the motions. Navas the same. You know, it's, 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 it's frightening uh, what's been going on at City. With, with all the money that they spend, and they say, "Well, oh well, they've got good players." They don't have good players because they don't have the right mental attitude. And if you don't have the right mental attitude, it doesn't matter what skill you have because you won't be able to. Exp- you won't express yourself. Yeah. Going back to what Damien Duff was talking about, he said that Joe Hart could find himself in a bit of trouble over the summer because he's not a knower. He's not a footballing keeper. No, and that's what pe- his Guardi- distribution is. One of his kind of slightly weaker points. He's yeah, not. Yeah, Guardiola like yeah. essentially wants eleven. Outfield players and, yeah. and a guy who can goalkeep if, if that's... You and know. the rumour I heard was uh, Ter Stegen, who's the Champions League goalkeeper at uh, at, Man- or at uh, Barcelona. Um, he, he kind of slots in and out with Bravo. So yeah. that could be one option um, in, because there is a rumour Ter Stegen is a bit tired of being kind of rotated in and out depending on what competition it is and wants a move. So Man City could be one if uh, Pep's looking for a... Uh, if that is the case. Shooter. But Joe Hart can make... Yeah. Uh, will probably make uh, Guardiola's decision very, very easy. Because he's been beaten at the near post an awful lot this season. Yeah. And uh, again, last Saturday against us, Brom, as Raph was, was referring to earlier on, I mean, that should have been, that should have been just bread and butter for, for Joe Hart. Go on, pick it up. Thanks very much. You don't get beaten at the near post. And yet he, he's been hammered at the near post, coming out and missing crosses. No, Joe, I, I think, I think his, his days are numbering. Guardiola will, will if, if Guardiola can get the man to replace him, Joe Hart will be gone. Are his mistakes, Along with another seven or eight as well. Are his mistakes kind of covered by the fact that he can save spectacularly and the fact that he does yeah, but come no, out and talk? He's, he's very media friendly and when a guy is like that, it's they, yeah, the but media aren't as, they're, they're not as inclined to criticise him when, he, when they have a good relationship with yeah, him. Yeah, but him being media friendly shouldn't, shouldn't uh, cloud the, the views of, 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 of the people from the media who are watching yeah. him. Make the, but is he overrated? That's my basic question. Right now, right now, I would say that he's overrated. Whether England's number one or not, right now he's overrated because he's made far too many English mistakes. Media, for he would be just yeah. by dint of being England's number one or being an English keeper. I think sometimes maybe their uh, shortcomings are, can be... You know, and they look at them through rose-tinted glasses yeah. as well. You know, and they think, oh, well, he's, he's, he's the bee's It's like, like Jack Wilshere could do no wrong because he's English. But he hasn't played all season. Yeah. You know, out injured all the time. When, he, when he's out injured, he's not looking after himself. So, yeah. That's just before I wrap up, I want to talk to you, Paddy, about Sligo against St. Pat's. You watched uh, this game on Friday night. One all, St. Pat's and Sligo. St. Yeah, Pat's, Pat's playing lucky. tonight away in Finn Harps. But uh, what did you make? Yeah, Pat's very lucky to get a draw out of it. You know, yeah. Sligo, I thought, were the, were the, were the better team over, over the 90 minutes. And 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 Liam Buckley and unfortunately has a few a few problems that he he probably didn't realise he'd have them so early in the season. Um, midfield wasn't getting a hold of, hold of the ball at all. Yeah, Bulger's a huge which, loss, isn't he? Yeah, a huge loss. And, and uh, but Sligo in fairness, and you know they, they've they, they played very very well. And that is a tough match now for for Patson up in Finn Harps. It's always been tough up in up in up in Finn Harps, and this will be no exception. As if Patson get well, they need to get really three points. But if they get a point out of it, they might be very happy with it. Yep, Harps bouncing back from a defeat in Galway on Friday night. No doubt you were happy about that, Galway. Yeah, Galway did very well. Yep. Uh, Going to go and beat Harps 1-0. They're up, they're up there now and let's see how long they can stay there.
Okay, Raf Diallo of Team 33 and off the ball, Paddy Mulligan, formerly of Chelsea, West Brom, Ireland, and Shamrock Rovers. Thank you both for joining us on the Rewind here on News Talk. Thank you, Oshin. Cheers. This is the Rewind on News Talk. Now it's GAA. Ross Common had impressed in their Allianz League campaign up to yesterday when they met Kerry in the semi final. They lost 315 to 14 points. The Connacht men conceded 3 8 in the first half with a, a naive defensive display we'll say Rossi's joint manager Fergal O'Donnell tries to explain what went wrong and he doesn't sugarcoat it by the way he was actually remarkably uh, frank and honest um, he's also been talking about how they can learn first though it's Kingdom manager Eamon Fitzmaurice I caught up with both uh, after their game It's fantastic to be back in a National League final we haven't been there in seven years 2009 was the last time so it's great to be back there uh, you know we mix the good and the bad today we played great patches of football when we were very good and um, in the second half in particular there were periods where we were sloppy um, but you know that can happen and it's it's something that we'll have to work on for, for the National League final so great to be there and you know it's good to have plenty to work on over the next two weeks as well How satisfying was it to get three goals? I know that there was mistakes made by Ross Common but your guys had to punish those mistakes and they did They did yeah it's great any day you get three goals it's a good day out because um, you know backs uh, especially in Division 1 backs are so good and teams are so well organised that uh, it can be hard to break them down so you know any day you get three goals you're going to be happy so it, it was it was great for the team to get three goals today and nice to put up 3-8 in the first half against a team who were lying quite deep I won't say blanket but they were lying deep at times they had all, all the men behind the ball it is, yeah, and I, I mean, you know, look, we're, we're used to dealing with it most teams now when they don't have the ball, they're going to be quite defensive and uh, you have to figure ways of getting around that, so we're comfortable enough when we have to do that and, um, you know, 3-8, like you said, is, is, is good clipping in the first half any day out. And Darren O'Sullivan, he got the Man of the Match award, I think it was one four, one five, something like that from play. I mean, when he's fit, he is a danger to any defence and he, you could see it today when he ran at them, sometimes they were a bit bedazzled by him. Yeah, well, he's a special player, and he—it's—it's it's great for us that um, he has been—you know—he's been injury-free, and he has been injury-free basically for the last 12 months or so. And he got a, a great winter's work in this year as well, so that when he came back, he really hit the ground running. So great to see him maintaining that form, and you know the likes of uh, Darren is well suited to Crow Park, so it's great to see him playing well up here. David Moore won an ocean of ball at midfield. Kieran Donny he played a lot of the game there as well. What did you make of that pairing? And you know you've looked at that a bit now at the league in the league at this stage. Yeah, they've done well, and I mean, look, we're, we're it's great. We've great options in the middle of the field. Uh, Kieran and David were there today. Brian came in. You've Johnny, Anthony Maher, Tommy Welsh can play there. You know, Brendan O'Sullivan can play out there. So we're we're, we're lucky. We've a lot of options out there, and. Uh, the lads are used to playing with each other in training as well so all of the partnerships have good chemistry as well which is a good thing and finally for me um, you get an extra game and I know it's a bit of a cliche question but how important is that extra game because you have such a long gap to the championship and some would argue such a long gap to competitive games in the championship it is it's important uh, you know definitely when you're playing division one teams there are serious games every day you go out a lot of work goes into preparing the team and the lads have to be really right for those games and it's always a big t- so we're delighted now to have another big game in two weeks' time and there'll be silverware up for grabs as well which will you know, which will add to a bit of spice to it as well so um, it's all good Virgil, A lot of things went right in your league campaign but out there today, especially in the first half is it fair to say a lot of things went wrong? I just think, um, I don't know, it was a stage prior to that, but early on we just seemed to be hesitant on the ball. Like, Kerry just seemed to be up for that bit more, and I suppose, like all the good teams, they punish your mistakes. And um, we were hanging on a bit, you know, and next thing we turned over free, they came down, and I just felt that 
you know, number one, the free, you know, the free, we shouldn't be giving away the ball like that. But I thought we could have defended it better, you know, I thought we could have got cover back in around the goals. But I'd have to watch it again. And I suppose, you know, we just talked in the dressing room there, Finton turned over the second one. He was a little bit ponderous as well, you know, and um, the third goal then was a high ball in. But, you know, they just uh, Kerry were well on top. You know, I think after the first goal, it was game over, really. It was 1 6 to 2. And at that stage, like so Donnie and David Moore and those lads were just controlling the game, you know. Is it frustrating that even in the first half, when you had chances and you had the ball inside their 45s, the final ball was a bit off, the shot selection was poor? Yeah, I, because you did have the opportunity. I thought, like, yeah, again, now though, I think you're only just reducing the, the score, keeping keeping the the scoreboard down. I suppose it was disappointing. Like I thought, you know, that we could have, you know, we trip into the goalie's hands and that, you know, but. I think Ocean we really weren't in the game to be honest and um, you can look at it you know we, like the way, if you ask the lads to assess it there we hadn't many fellas that were on top of their game today you know we played second fiddle all over the pitch but listen it'll be a good learning experience for the lads and um, I suppose it's been a problem for, for, for us you know in, in big matches before you know when we came up with a bit of expectation just the flop you know you'd be questioning yourself wondering why it happened you know we tried not to build up the game you know we were obviously anxious to win hoping to get a performance but we didn't overplay it you know what I mean but we'll just have to go go back now and look at it and and, and I suppose try to correct things for the summer. You know, there's certain areas that we've struggled in, but just the quality they had, and the experience. I think you know, even if you forget the experience, those guys. You know, they, they did the right thing all the time, but they weren't really that pressurised as well. You know, is the venue a factor? And obviously, you'll want to get back to Crow Park. It's a long road through the championship, but it's more than a possibility. I mean, there was a lot of the times where Carrier pressing and you brought men back, and that's the game. That's the way it is. You'd 15 men back, but still they got the space. Is that kind of happen in Crow Park whereas it w- wouldn't happen maybe in other venues yeah it's funny though sorry I felt uh, watching the game I was surprised how many men Curry brought back actually yeah. that you know at a lot of time when we were attacking they had only one or two men up front whereas like you know we'd be trying you know we didn't we weren't as defensive as that it was just that they had to run on us and we were chasing them all day it may have looked like that but we were just as you said the ball inside wasn't sticking and that just gave them the run and they were a lot more decisive when they got it you know the likes of Mark O'Shea and Aidan O'Mahony these fellas coming out of the ball they were very decisive and knew what they were at and much improved performance in the second half can you take something from that uh, I suppose listen I, 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 we, we were happy you know we got a few scores but I suppose we be disappointed that uh, you know Kerry had pulled off a few players there pulling up at that stage you know what I mean I suppose we are happy that we didn't concede a few more goals and that but disappointed that we didn't even create a goal chance really in the second half Ushing. overall the aim I guess was to stay in Division 1 that's what you've done it was really important to do that as what's common continues huge. its life cycle it's, it's huge now because um, you have, you're going to have big games like this again you know you're going to have big games like this again next year and um, I suppose you know we may have been lucky this year that you know we caught teams off guard or that you know ourselves and down would have been the favourites to go down but a lot of teams will target ourselves again as a team that could be but we have to try and build on that now with the experience of playing these lads and hopefully that we won't be as phased by playing them This is the Rewind on News Talk and that was Ross Common Joint Manager Fergal O'Donnell on their last two Kerry they have been um, very honest in their post-match interviews so far this season the Ross Common management team let's hope that continues uh, in the second game Yesterday in Crow Park, Dublin overcame Donegal, won 20 to 13 points. Bernard Brogan getting the only goal in the first minute of the first half. As soon as he got it, I should say the first minute of the second half, as soon as he got it, the game kind of died off and it became very clear there was only going to be one winner. Now, Jim Gavin was his usual measured self after the match when I spoke to him. But first, it's our Tier Connell boss, Rory Gallagher, who didn't seem all that bothered by the defeat. And he gives some very good reasons as to why. 
Ah, listen, there, there wasn't a whole lot of good, you know, from our point of view, you know, the first half, you know, we were we were hanging in there, you know, in the sense that, you know, coming up to half time, it was 9-6 and then Dublin tagged on two more, but the reality is once uh, Bernard scored the goal, I think Dublin just kind of cantered home. There's a thought process out there maybe that Donegal didn't particularly care about this game, that the, the result of it didn't really matter, didn't have much relevance, but are you worried that... You know, losing a game like that affects confidence or might have other kind of effects that we wouldn't see from the outside. Uh, not overly ashing, to be honest. You know, um, you know, it's easy for me to say now when we lost, but at the end of the day, we, we have never at any stage, and certainly not this year, written down winning the National League is one of our goals. We've always focused on the Ulster Championship. I think it served us very well in the last number of years, and that hasn't changed this year. And look, we never like to lose, you know, but at the end of the day, we were down here two weeks ago and we felt that uh, you know, we were very close to getting a result that night. You know, today didn't work out, you know, but we'll move on and we'll very much look forward to the Ulster Championship. That closeness, does that come from, or I should say that the fall off at the end in, in both the games against Dublin, does that come from Dublin being good or maybe the fact that you're not down the road as much as you will be when it comes to the championship? Well, look, I think the first thing to say, there's no doubt Dublin are very good and they're, they're very consistent over the last uh, number of games, you know, as they are the last number of years. But look, from our point of view, we we have uh, taken a, what we'd call a fairly relaxed, liberal approach to the league this year. We got off to a great start. We won a number of games, and thankfully that left us safe. And but we look forward to getting down to a lot of hard work now, when we feel we'll improve with that. It was interesting at times, even when Dublin were pressing. You still had two men inside their 45. Was that something that was very much part of the plan and something you're looking at, or was that just the way it broke today? Uh, it's just the way it broke, you know. I think, you know, tactically we were a lot different today than we were, you know, a couple of weeks ago against Dublin. But, you know, um, I can't actually remember the incident you're talking about there. But look, well, it was, it was a couple of times. There was just something yeah. I noticed when that, that maybe you were a bit more attack-minded even while defending. Ah, well, maybe so, you know. We, we certainly scored more, but we conceded more than we did yeah. the normal. But look, we just have to draw a line in the sand and move on, actually. What's the plan between here and the Ulster Championship now? Because you, got, you guys have to hit the ground running, whereas Kerry and Dublin, who have reached the final, don't really have to do that in their provincial championships. Yeah, listen, it's always been the case in Ulster, you know. We want to be at our best for the 12th of June, and, you know, it's, that's, uh, that's the way it is now. And we look forward now to getting down with eight weeks now, which is a great break from, you know, from our point of view. But it's an opportunity to get a lot of hard work done and a lot of training sessions where we look to move forward. Is it a good or a bad thing that it's that long to the next competitive game? Well, we, we've said from day one we think it's a great thing this year, you know, given the relative age profile of a lot of our lads. We're delighted with the late start now, you know. We have to move up through the gears, but that's something we're very much aware of. What's the situation with Paul Durkin? And yes, I appreciate you're probably sick of being asked, but I won't see you for eight weeks. <laughs> Paul, uh, you know, is out in Qatar, as everybody knows. So he, has, he was flying in and out, you know. You know, it's not a runner to fly in and out for inter-county football, you know. Um, it worked out very well with Ballyboat. Um, he's just weighing up to see is it possible for him to come back and you know as soon as Paul knows we'll know but at the minute we just move on we're very comfortable we have two goalkeepers who you've got shared eight league games between them we've Michael Boyle a very established goalkeeper coming back and we just deal with that at the minute Jim uh, happy with the result and I guess happy with the performance yeah that's what we went into today was to try and get the performance and uh, to get it against Donegal um, and the spread of scores we got we're satisfied you're always going to come up against teams who sit deep and defend. At times they did have maybe two up front, but it must be satisfying that you got such a big score. Yeah, uh, you know, Donegal set up. They, they want to compress space, invite you on and counter-attack. And uh, I thought our boys showed good control during the game. Um, each team that we met in the National League asked us different questions. Different questions was asked today, and I thought we responded well to it. Now, you set up a final with Kerry in two weeks. I suppose it's good for two reasons. One, it's the chance to fight for another national title. And two, maybe when guys have games coming up, especially against the likes of Kerry, who you've built up a nice rivalry with, 
keeps them more focused? Does it make them easier for you to work with, make it easier for you to, to train them, and, or does it have any effect in that regard? No, and it's no disrespect to Kerry. Um, you know, each game we play, the, 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 there's a process that we go through, and it's, it's been consistent for the last uh, number of seasons, and it's all really, myself and the management team are just about trying to get those players and that group to be the best it can be and to facilitate their, their, their ambitions to represent the county. And uh, to that end, we're just trying to go after a performance and against Kerry. We haven't seen them uh, and watched them the last number of weeks, um, but we know the quality they have and it's going to be a good game. This is the Rewind on News Talk and that's Jim Gavin of Dublin and Rory Gallagher of Donegal. They go different routes now. Dublin playing Kerry on Sunday week in the Allianz National Football League final while uh, Donegal have to wait till June for their Ulster Championship opener. In Hurling, Leisha's win over the weekend against Westmead in the relegation promotion playoff might have gone unnoticed outside of those two counties, but it's a massive win as it keeps the O'More in Division 1B. The 23 points to 16 loss means that Westmead failed to get up despite the fact that they won Division 2A and they didn't concede a goal throughout the entire season in the league. Leash boss Cheddar Plunkett knows how important the win is. First though, here is Westmead manager Michael Ryan speaking to Midlands 103's Will O'Callaghan. Uh, we talked about honesty from Fergal O'Donnell, the Roscommon manager, earlier on. Well, uh, here's some more honesty and, and frankness, I guess you might call it, from Michael Ryan. I don't think this is about the system, to be honest. Uh, we're disappointed the way we played, particularly in the second half. I've no complaints about what the result leash for my father better team. They're a very physically strong team. You can see they four or five years of serious time conditioning done. From my point of view, you know, I thought we were in a good position at half time. I thought we might drive on, but we're very disappointed with our second half performance. I was listening to John Shaw on the radio just a few minutes ago, and he was saying maybe one of the things that goes against you is the fact that even though they lost every game, they've been playing a higher standard of opposition in preparation for this. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, Division 1B is high up, Division 2A. But having said that, the biggest, the most disappointing thing for me is, you know, we didn't do ourselves justice out there. We kept playing a lot better than that. And we struggled to get scores, we struggled to win position up front. And when we did, we didn't use the ball nearly as well as we should have done. So, you know, so it's very disappointing. It's, it's, you know, a great league campaign up to now, but today was a real test. And to be honest about it, we, we just weren't up to it. It's a serious achievement for this team to, to, to stay in Division 1. I think at the start of the year, um, you know, it's, it's, it's well documented at this stage, the number of players were missing. I think we, were, we started with five players from the team that beat Westmead in Port Leisha. And we had to come back from behind Westmead and, and, and take that game. Um, and then we were dealt a number of injuries in the last couple of weeks um, and then we were out of Delta suspensions last week so it's a serious achievement for this team just to hold our nerves during the week hold our spirit and there's serious, serious spirit in these people um, and just go out and give a performance today and I'm immensely proud about that obviously the victory is what's really important but I'm actually probably a little bit more proud about the character that's in the group the spirit that's in the group everybody just gets in digs in um, and you know that's the reaction that we saw today and I, I'm not surprised by that and, and um, you know I'm just delighted for them and, and uh, the, you know, no more than any other team they give so much and commit so much time and all of that to what they're doing here that you know, I'm just delighted for them that they have a season in the league to look forward to the next year you know, we also probably have a little bit of a chance in, in terms of a platform uh, for to prepare for championship and that as well so there's a lot, a lot of positives today having said that I thought there was periods in the second half of the game there, you know, when maybe we could have really pushed on for the game and 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 uh, probably didn't. So, you know, happy with the result, but uh, and I suppose today it was all about the result, not the performance. But there's some aspects of the performance that I, I certainly need more work on, and I just think we need to understand um, at times in games like this that that when the games there to be won, that we really really go and win it. And when you see some of the top teams when they're playing, that's what they do. They recognise the important uh, uh, periods in the game and the game's there to go on and and, and clean up the game and, and they do it, they do it every single time. And we need to learn that and do that. We spoke about Neil Foyle uh, down in Limerick a few weeks ago, and you know you were trying him out at six, and now it seems some of the powerful runs he made in the second half, particularly, he can be useful in the forward line, can't he? Uh, well, we, we always knew that. Will look, we, we tried a lot of things in the, in the league. 
Um, and we needed to find out things. You can't find them out. I mean, we know what, what Neil can do up front. Uh, we didn't know what he can do with six, and we didn't know some of our players. And we also changed a lot of systems. We played a lot of different things in, in, in different matches, and we found out some things that some things don't work for us. But look, if you don't try them, you're not going to be able to find out about them. And you're always wondering then if it was playing a different way. We probably wanted to change our, our system or build up a couple of systems. You cannot just go into uh, this level of hurling just with you know one system under your belt because it's very, very easy to, for the opposition to neuter that. You need a couple, a couple of uh, uh, tools in your tool bag when you go into this level of hurling. And we wanted to try out some things, and some things worked, and some things didn't work and you know go back to your point about about Neil you'd probably say you know some of his matches centre back were, 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 were dominant even the first game against Kerry even though we were well beaten um, he was very very solid there and you know all through the Welsh Cup he performed he was one of our better players there but we always know that he has the ability to go up front and do what he did today but you know if you don't change things around how are you going to find out about things This is the Rewind on News Talk and that was the reaction from Leash and Westmead following their playoff encounter Leash stay up in Division 1B it's a massive, massive result for them. Next up, by the way, for the O'More is a Leinster quarter-final against the runner-up from the round-robin group section uh, on June 5th. For Westmead, they're in that round-robin series and uh, they open up with a game against Offaly on the 1st of May in Mullingar. Well, that's it for this week. We'll catch you next week when we uh, review the Alliance League hurling semi-finals. They're on in Thurles this Sunday. Kilkenny taking on Clare and Waterford meeting Limerick. The potential of two good games there. Also, we look back on Connacht's clash with Munster in the Guinness Pro 12. Plus, we'll have more reaction to the Premier League weekend. Don't forget two live and exclusive games on News Talks Off The Ball next Sunday. We've also got the SSE Electricity League podcast out this week, by the way, with Richie and I. That'll be available at some stage on Wednesday afternoon on the News Talk website and indeed iTunes. Uh, if we don't uh, talk to you between now and then, take care. Good luck. Bye-bye. Rewind with Oisín Langan. Barney puts it in. 2-0. Leicester City are 10 points clear and they're taking another massive step towards Premier League glory. They're coming again in search of a third and they've got it. This place is rocking and it's Eric Lamella Manchester United look absolutely shell-shocked penalty against Connick game over for an overwin unbelievable finish heartbreak for Connick they're out of the European Challenge Cup you dream about these days you dream about doing the things that we did today holding certain puts and hitting certain shots and holes around Augusta and we were able to stand there and, and, and hit it and accomplish the dream